Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. You're in for a real treat today, as I'm joined by Noel Whitaker, all the way from sunny Brisbane. Noel is one of the world's foremost authorities on personal finance, and his CV is one of the most impressive ones you can possibly imagine. It includes being an international best-selling author, finance and investment expert, radio broadcaster, newspaper columnist, and public speaker. His contribution to personal finance has been immense. Uh, It's seen him awarded the Australian Centenary Medal in recognition of his services to the financial services industry. And in 2011, he was made a member of the Order of Australia for his service to the community in raising awareness of personal finance. Why we're talking to Noel today is all about his new book, Making Money Made Simple, uh, which is a completely revised and updated version of his original bestseller, which sold more than 2 million copies worldwide and was released over 30 years ago. It's a great read and it provides some really reasoned, realistic views of the world of money and personal finance. It includes things like goal setting, uh, mastermind groups, investing, superannuation, debt, um, and plenty of stuff that you can actually sink your teeth into um, and will improve your own personal finances. So I could go on and on, but I'm sure you're more interested to hear from Noel. So without further ado, on to today's show, and I hope you enjoy. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. So, Noel, thanks for joining us on today's show. Um, And you've been busy, so you've written a couple of books. And the one we wanted to talk to you today about on our show was Making Money Made Simple. So... This is a, a reboot, but having read it, looks like almost like a complete complete rewrite um, of your classic book. So, um, talk to us. So, what prompted you to actually, um, you know, update this and sort of effectively rewrite your classic? Well, the old "Making Money Made Simple" was written thirty-two years ago. Oh, okay, it's going back some time. <laughs> yeah, and and when I look, I just pulled out one of the first copies then. And the whole book was based on interest rates at 15% for housing loans. Oh, wow. Yep. 15%. You know, there was no credit cards much. There was no afterpay. There was no sexually transmitted debt. There was no prenuptial agreements. Uh, there were no apps on telephones then. So it, it's a whole new world, Pete. So well, what I've done, I, I've kept all the old principles because they never change. But this is a totally new book. Yeah, and it feels like that as well because some of those things are a relatively new phenomena, like especially Afterpay. That's the buzz one at the moment, and that's brand new and uh, features you know quite heavily in the book there as well because it is one of those um, the modern day problems that we're facing. Oh yes, yes, uh, but but you know, if you use Afterpay, you are spending money you don't have, and the first principle of becoming financially successful is to spend less than you earn. Uh, and easier said than done for a lot of people, because it does sound simple. Um, and what, you well, know, well, you use strategies. And see, one of the things in this book, uh, I discovered after I wrote the book 30 years ago that information doesn't help without, uh, without an action plan. And the whole new making money, and the whole new making money made simple is devised, is devised around action plans. Yeah, and there's little there's little mini challenges that people need to sort of uh, tick off at the end of every chapter. So, which is good because yeah. it sort of keeps you engaged throughout the process, which is fantastic. And they're not they're not too daunting, but it does get you thinking as well. Um, 
what I loved about it, a lot of it involved actually sort of um, you know, engaging in these conversations with your uh, your spouse or your uh, your partner, which is good well, as well because it's yeah, well, um, very rarely tackled. Well, I think the two most important messages in the book, one, one, you get rid of a credit card because there's very, very few people who will not overspend on a credit card. You know, when the credit card statement comes, you always think, oh, my God, how come all those tiny items added up to such a big sum? So by, so by moving to a debit card, you can't overspend. And I think the other thing is you need a financial buddy, a partner, child, parents, workmate, anyone who has the same goals as you. And is, is this the mastermind concept that you talk about? The mastermind group. Yeah, the mastermind group, it, it was in Think and Grow Rich. You know, it's the way to go. And what, like, how do you see that working? Is that sort of like accountability means you're sort of more likely to stick to your goals? Yeah. It, look, it's exactly, look, if you want to start an exercise program, find someone you can, you can meet at half past five in the morning to jog with. If you want to improve your goal, find someone you can practice with. And if you've got another person involved in what you're doing, it, it makes you more likely to do it. I mean, I've had a personal trainer for 30 years. If the personal trainer couldn't come, I wouldn't exercise. You know, it's the commitment. I I fully appreciate that because I've got a gym membership that hasn't been getting a hell of a lot of use. But when I have had a trainer in the past, it's been like, it's chalk and cheese really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a meeting, you know. (laughs) We go to Pilates every Monday and Thursday. So I know that half past six every Monday and Thursday morning, we go to Pilates. We've been doing that now for, for, for 18 years, which is why we're so healthy. Oh, very good. Yeah, so you need... You need those commitments. It's got to be in the diary. There's no other way to do it. And then once, you, it, once you've got those commitments, like how do people get started? Because it can often be quite daunting um, getting started in terms of personal finances. Uh, the, and attend, people just keep kicking the can down the road. Once you get that plan in action, is there, a, is there tricks to, other than the accountability, are there certain tips you've got for people that can help them get started? The, the best map in the world would be useless if you didn't know where you were. So the absolute first step is to write down where you are now. That's your assets, it's your debts, you know, write that all down. Uh, and, once, and, that, and that's your resources. And once you've assembled your resources, then you work on your goals. You know, what can my goals be? Now, if you're in debt and consumer debt, then the first goal will be, I've got, I got to get out of debt. And the book, should, I've got ways in there that most people can be out of debt in two or three years. I'm talking about consumer debt now. Yeah. You know, if you want to buy a house, right, well, now, now, how much do you need? And the book keeps pushing people back to my... To, to the calculators on the website. And your calculators cal- are brilliant. So we will put a, um, a link in the show notes um, yeah. so that people can access those because they are really easy to access and it, it makes it more well, real. You're using your numbers and actually sort of applying the um, the lessons in the book instead of just um, reading it and putting it back down. Yeah, I mean, all those calculators, I designed them to be very simple because there's a lot of calculators on the web, but most of them are so complicated. But, you know, in, in mine, all you got to do, if you, if you look at the uh, superannuation calculator, all you got to do is plug in your age and your salary, you know, uh, and the rate of return you're getting and bang, it all spits out for you. Beautiful. You know, because... Have you, have you, are there more calculators coming, Noel, as well, or are you sort of... Uh, yes, I've got time like to do calculators now. 
I've got time to do calculators now, yes. Because I love them. And, and, and see, I use them in all the stuff I write. I use them for the, for the stuff I write in the, um, in, in the age and things. Ah, oh, very good. Because there's a lot of case studies as well throughout the book, which is good. So you can actually see the yeah. principles getting applied, which um, yeah. yeah, helps get the message yeah. across and uh, send it through. So um, in terms of, I guess, who's the target person? Like who should be reading this book? And um, yeah, we'll be uh, giving it away to a lot of our clients here and listeners. And a few of them already got it and sent back some positive feedback. So hopefully it's finding right. its way under the Christmas tree for a lot of people. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Yes. <laughs> Is there yes. a is there a person that would benefit the most from this, or is there someone in mind when you, you know, you were drafting or sort of redrafting this? Um, it, it's kind of written for young people, but for anyone who doesn't know much about about finance, it could be someone sixty even. But I mean, it's it's aimed for the for the fifteen to forty market, but anyone can learn from it. Uh, that that's the point of it. Uh, very good. And this is sort of um, like one of the things we struggle with is the affordability of financial advice now. Um, so if someone actually wants to sit, sit down with a financial advisor, it's not necessarily um, a viable option to spend you know, several thousand dollars to get full advice if you are starting out because that could be you know, that could be perhaps better allocated towards you know, reducing the credit card that you mentioned before or you know, seeding an investment portfolio. Um, Absolutely. So this yes. is a great tool to actually, a lot of these principles are what we as financial advisors address at a much deeper and bigger level, um, but the fundamentals are all still the same. Um, so if someone can get a head start and get cracking with this, um, I see it as a brilliant way to sort of get the foundations in place. Yes, I mean, that's what you need. I mean, if, if, if you're in debt, there's no, I mean, to go to a financial, to financial advisor, you need to have money available to invest either money to invest or the resources to borrow, you know. Now, if, if you're over your, over your heels in debt, as you say, the first job is to get out of debt. Yeah. And start on, on the right path. I mean, what they've done to financial advice is terrible. I mean, all the regulators think the more information you give people, the safer they are, and it's rubbish. It's just making more and more work for the good guys, and the bad guys still don't do it. Yeah. The bad guys ignore it that's the silly part about it. Yeah, and I think that's why, if, yeah, if that money could be perhaps better spent on like educating people instead of like more and more regulation because there's a lot of red tape at the moment. and um, It's getting worse, Pete. And I feel like I've, I've, heard you, I've heard you talk a lot and I'm, yeah, bureaucracy is not one of your fa favourite things from, from what well, I can get. Well, nothing gather. happens with bureaucrats. All, all they do is give you the reason not to. And it's crazy, like... You see a gambling ad on the television and in the minuscule print of it, at the bottom, it warns you about it. You know, the warning should be a bigger sign than the, than the <laughs> universe itself. It's just crazy. Now, everyone now is about ticking boxes. When we had our practice, and if there was a complaint, you always have the odd complaint, I would get on the phone and fix it. Yep. And then due, due to a succession of things that happened, we end up being owned by the Commonwealth Bank. And, and then the procedure was, if you get a complaint, you put it in the complaint register and number it and forget about it. That's why it was taking the Commonwealth Bank, you know, years to answer complaints because the focus was on recording it and forgetting about it. Yeah. When in, in your own small business, your, your, your focus is on, is on solving it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's lost in translation, isn't it, with all of these uh, people actually aren't living it um, and aren't sort of on the front line trying to sort of regulate and sort of create rules for it and very obscure and perhaps going over the top and doing it for like the 1% of... Way you know, over the top. It's way, way over the top, you know? Uh, and are you saying, so regulations are changing, rules change a lot, legislation changes, um, but I guess what seems to sort of ring through here is... There's a lot of stuff that doesn't change in terms of, you know, building wealth and sort of getting yourself, you know, to you know, a state of financial independence. Yes. Um, is that sort of is that how you see it? So you've been around through several, you know, prime ministers, sort of oh, uh, economic cycles. Yeah, I, I think you need to know what's dangerous. You know, what I mean, now the most dangerous thing is overseas tax. Now, most people don't know that if you are born in America, you're an American citizen for tax purposes. So a couple of Aussies could go to America and have a baby born over there on holidays and come back, and the kid's never been to America after his birth, after his or her birth, and um, it's the American citizen. Yeah, okay. Now, if you're an American citizen, you are required to put in your American tax return every year the growth on your Australian super fund. Well, I don't think a lot of people know this one. So you've... Uh, you've no, got, no, they don't. You've, they you've, don't. A few years are pricked they, up, no doubt, right at the moment. Yeah, and they just passed laws this week. If you're a foreign resident, you lose your six-year exemption. And I've just read a, um, an article on it, and it's so complex. And, but this is the really complex stuff. Yeah, and that and that's where there's always a point where you'd need to go get a good advisor, surround yourself by experts you can trust. Um, yeah. And that's you know that can be easier said than done because there's been a lot of trust um, washed away in terms of the people that aren't advised. But you know, speaking to our clients, like the people that have an advisor, in most cases, are really really happy and sort of see a of lot of value are. in it. Of course they are, and I mean, I think the biggest one of all is aged care for the. I think the most common problem now faced by the baby, by the baby boomers is their ageing parents. And aged care is absolutely so complex. You, you must have an aged care specialist. Yeah, and it needs to be a specialist as well. A generalist is. is not going to cut it because it, is, no, it no. is so unique in terms of the skill set required for that one. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of... We might wrap it up there, Noel, but I'd, I'm sort of uh, keen to ask you a couple of questions which perhaps um, yeah, give us some insight into how the book was shaped and how you've got to where you are. Um, so yeah. if you don't mind humouring me with a couple of these. Anything uh, you like, Pete. Anything so you like, what mate. is the best investment that you've ever made? Oh, I bought some Magellan shares. I bought 50 grand at Magellan shares for a dollar and they, and they went to – and they've gone to 60 yeah, and, and paid some dividends out along the way as well. So, Well, well yes. Uh, <laughs> I've never owned CSL. I, I know it's it's the best performing share over 10 years, up up 700%. Uh, I bought a good house on the river, which has gone up well. Uh, that's done well. The biggest regret is that when we bought the house on the river, I sold another house on the river, and that's increased eight times since then. <laughs> Uh, you know, as everyone said, if you would have always kept your real estate, how good it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's true with a lot of growth assets, isn't it? And that's that, uh, that compounding. Yeah. That features pretty heavily in your book as well, That com- the magic of compound interest. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and getting that working absolutely. for you. And that's one, 
that is literally that's yeah it's a wonder of the world and sort of um never ceases to amaze me it is very boring at the start um but it does when sort of um, those wheels get working years down the track it's pretty amazing stuff yeah and so you're making money made simple i, I refer to a federal book the slight edge by jeff olson the slight edge and as he said we get used to television shows and movies where it's all sorted out in 90 minutes but it's the it's the progression every day of doing the right thing plod 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 i mean for the first five or six years with compounding nothing happens yeah and, it is, and people give up some people get bored they, they then chase up. and make silly decisions well they do they get sick of it but all of a sudden it's it's just us it's it starts to take off and and i that, tell the story in the book of the lily in the pond if a lily's in a pond and it goes from a tiny speck it doubles every day and goes from a, and it fills the pond in, in 10 days. How long to go from quarter full to full? And the answer is two days. It goes from from quarter to half on the ninth and half to full on, on the 10th. Now, if that was your superannuation, if you had to harvest that on the eighth day, you've lost three quarters of what you could have had because all the growth comes at the end. And too often so people don't early, take advantage of that, do they? They don't, they do not. And that's why working a bit longer is so important. That's why if you can get a part-time job after you retire, it's important. Yeah, and we see that quite a lot, actually. This uh, oh, yeah, transition, like like retirement, I think, is yeah. is getting redefined constantly. Um, and it's more like a it's a tran- transitory stage as opposed to um, this sort of the finish line necessarily that people used to look at it like. And we're all living longer as well. So Yeah, well, people living longer, but it's important to have, have a purpose in life. I, I mean, I'm 80 next month. Oh, happy now. birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. And Kerry Stokes is 78 and Jerry Harvey's 80. John Howe's 80. Warren Buffett's 90, I think, you know. Um, it keeps you healthy. Gives you a purpose, things to do. Oh, very good. And that might segue into my next question. I have for you. If you could give advice to a, a 30-year-old version of yourself, is there anything, what in particular would that advice be? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> I guess I guess who I am is all the mistakes I've made along the way. <laughs> but I never start to learn I never started to learn about this stuff till I read Think and Grow Rich at age thirty five. Uh, I would yeah, uh, I so I guess I would have started earlier, I think. Yeah, so start early, um and it, it, and sort of read good books I imagine would be part of that as well. <laughs> oh, of course. Because you know, you either can Learn from people's mistakes, and they put that in books, or you can make your own mistakes. Now, if you make your own mistakes, they can be very costly at times. Yeah, and so in terms of a book recommendation, and I know we will recommend your books, Noel, so a book recommendation outside of your own um, that people should be sort of considering for their holiday reading, if you had to pick one. The Richest Man in Babylon, well, The Richest Man in Babylon, written in 1928, classic. Yep. I like The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I think that's a great one. Um, if you're in marketing, The uh, Psychology of Selling by Robert Caldini. Okay. That's a great book. That's a fantastic book. There's, there's so much stuff out there. No, I love it. Well, there's some good suggestions. and um, Well, hopefully, I've got to get through yours first. And they are 
yeah, they, they are really, really uh, easy to digest and sort of work through, and you can, you know, take it chapter by chapter, which is fantastic. So, um, oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. Uh, and then, so you're happy for us to share the links uh, to the calculator. If people have got questions, are they sort of, are you okay for people to sort of reach out to you directly and send you an email? Of course, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Well, very good. So, Noel, this is going to be our last show of the uh, the year. So, um, Merry Christmas to you and sort of all of our listeners and very much appreciate you sort of giving your time today and sharing so generously, generously with us. Um, it's been a pleasure, Pete. It's no, been well, a pleasure. Well, no worries. We'll let you go and um, yeah, have a wonderful day and we'll, uh, we'll speak to you in the new year, hopefully. Thank you.